Well, let's go ahead and clap our hands right inside our vehicles. No honking, please. Well, happy Resurrection Day, Cornerstone. Happy Resurrection Day, Liberty Lake. And I thought to myself, as my wife was singing, I thought, right now, this is what freedom looks like. And we want to give God the praise and the glory and the honor that we can still worship him in spirit and in truth. What do you say we do that right now? God, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise. Keep your hand on the leaders of our nation. Keep your hand on those that are sick with this virus and let there be immediate healing. Let the power and the demonstration and the might of our God make himself known in this world. We won't fail as your people to give you the recognition and the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands right now. Praise God. Well, this is the first time that I have ever preached with long johns on. And if it's not the last time, that's okay with me. It's great to see everybody. Why don't you just wave at your neighbor? Right now, this is the best we can do. Praise God. We do have several announcements that we need to make, but before I make these announcements, I want to give a great big thank you to Cornerstone Pentecostal Church over the last 30 days. Some of you have risen to the occasion and bridged the gap between having church here and making special visits to people's homes, those that have been sick, those that have come out of surgery. Um, the entire church has joined together with us in prayer. People have come through their surgeries successfully. People have recovered from illness successfully, and we thank God for you. Uh, in the remainder of this service today, we want to be careful not to honk our horns, and here's why. We are appreciative of our great apartment complex behind you. We do not want to labor them and tax their patience today. And so we will continue to give him praise and glory inside our vehicles, and we will refrain from honking uh, as a sign of appreciation to them uh, for allowing us to do this today. I also want to give a special thanks to the police department of Liberty Lake and the mayor's office that have permitted us to do this today. Why don't we just give them a hand right now? All right, immediately following service today as you exit the parking lot, um, on, your, on the left hand, there will be a uh, tithing and an offering bucket and that will be made available to you as you exit. And on the right side of your vehicle, there will be somebody to give a little, uh, little special made basket of goodies for your children uh, in celebration of Easter. So that'll be on the right side of your vehicle. And on the left side will be an offering bucket. And uh, I'm sorry? 
Okay, as you exit today, um, you will go row by row, and the ushers will help you with that. I want to tell you, this looks great from up here. How do you like your new building parking lot? Amen, and there's still plenty of room for visitors, and we're thankful for that. In fact, if you're visiting with us today, we're delighted that you're here. Praise God. I hope you've been enjoying these devotionals in the morning and the services online. It's not perfect. It's not ideal, but we are doing the very best that we can to provide uh, the church of the living God with the word, the spirit, and create an environment in your home. Praise God. Somebody recently asked, they said, uh, is this virus of God or is it of the devil? Well, I don't know, but both of them, I think, are using it. And I think, it's a, I think it's a great opportunity for the church of the living God to create your homes as an opportunity for the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the things of God to be cultivated right there in your home. Somebody said amen. Praise God. We are now going to get into the Word of the Lord. Hope you brought your Bible. Thank God for Brother Aaron Mayo. Come on out here, Brother Mayo. Just come on up here for a second. Hop on up here. He not only is a pastor, but right now he's our audio specialist. He looks very good on Easter. We thank you and appreciate for your efforts today in Jesus' name. I'd like to draw your attention to several verses of Scripture found in the book of Exodus starting in chapter number 11 and starting in verse number 1. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence, and when he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. Now turning over to Exodus chapter 12, verse number 35. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Everybody repeat that after me. They spoiled the Egyptians. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We recognize that this is less than ideal and less than perfect, but maybe it's not. 
Maybe somehow this is the will of God, an opportunity to posture and position your church and your people so that the remaining amount of time that humanity has on the face of this planet, there can be a recognition, there can be a paradigm shift in which the church of the living God is postured and prepared and recognizing that their departure is at hand. I pray that the word of the Lord this special day is a blessing to every heart, is every soul, and every life. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. This might appear to be an interesting topic on Easter. Spoiling the Egyptians. In the last few days around the world, the world has celebrated the Passover. And of course, now today is Easter. These recognizing of these special days and special moments are all attached to realities and occurrences and divinely connected events in the Word of God. But I assure you, before this service is through this morning, that you will understand that spoiling the Egyptians, and that may not really sound as bad as it sounds when I get done here today, but spoiling the Egyptians according to the Word of God is very much a part of this unique occasion known as the Exodus. Of course, the Exodus doesn't begin in the book of Exodus. It begins in the book of Genesis. You may recall that Abram is come, called out of the Ur of the Chaldees by God to go into a land that he's never been in before. And along in his journey, one of these occasions along in this journey, God gives him a revelation. God gives him a vision. A man that has no children, a man that has no progeny, a man that has no children yet, the past, the promise on to, and God gives him an understanding that you will indeed have children, and they will go into a land and serve another people. But in the fourth generation of that servitude to another people, they will come out and they will come out with great substance. This predates the book of Exodus. This predates Moses. This predates Pharaoh. This predates even Joseph, Jacob, and Isaac. It is a foretelling by God that future events are going to align, and the promises and the prophecies of God are sure. What we are seeing now is the nation of Israel in Egypt, and they have been there for 430 years. And it is almost time for that prophecy to be made good. And not only is this a prophecy, but this is what theologians call a typology. There is a unique difference between prophecy and typology. 
Prophecy is a foretelling, a verbalizing of future events in the work of God and in the Word of God. Typology is an event in the Word of God that points to a future event that will coordinate with the previous event and the fulfillment of that event in the future. Both prophecy and typology come alive in Egypt. You know the story. The people cry unto God because the taskmaster's whip uh, and the lash of the whip becomes brutal. And the request of the taskmaster and of Pharaoh is brutal. And they cry unto God. And God recognizes that time has aligned with prophecy. And so God begins to do a series of miracles in Egypt. The miracles that are done in Egypt are not to convince Pharaoh to let God's people go. But at this juncture, these miracles are done to build faith and trust in a God that the nation of Israel in Egypt have never seen, have never felt, and never known. And so their introduction to this God of their forefathers is a God of the supernatural. He is a God of the miraculous. And God begins to show his power through miracles in Egypt. Water is turned into blood, locusts, lice, frogs, so on and so forth. And with every miracle, Pharaoh changes his mind until God now has set the stage for the last great miracle. And this is where we get the story that is called the Passover. It actually represents the passing over of the death angel as the death angel moves throughout Egypt to kill the firstborn. And so the nation of Israel, through the lips of Moses that came from God, says you will tell every household that they are to select a lamb without blemish, a lamb that is younger than a year old. And on the 14th day, they are, as a family, they are to kill the lamb together. They are to catch the blood. They are to roast the lamb uh, with herbs and eat this that evening with unleavened bread. And then they are to take that blood and they are to take lentils that are used as an applicator or like a breath. And they are to apply that blood on the doorposts of their dwelling place and across the top of that threshold. And they are to be fully clothed with the staff in the father's hand. And they are to wait in the household with their children until the time of departure. And so this particular miracle is done right before their exodus from their known world, which for four generations has been Egypt. But right before the Passover takes place, God does something that he's never done before. He says, I am going to give you a special favor among the Egyptians. I am going to do it. I am going to touch their hearts. I am going to touch their minds. 
I am going to speak to them. I am going to soften the hardness of their heart. I am going to make it so that they actually feel sorry for you. They're actually going to listen to you. They're actually going to give you their gold. They're actually going to give you their silver. They're actually going to give you precious things. God, in his foreknowledge, was doing something, and he had a great plan. You realize that when the nation of Israel finally got out into the wilderness, that the gold and the silver and, and the finery, the purple and, and all of the fine substances that the nation of Israel brought out would be used to construct the very first dwelling place of God among his people. But God would not do this for the people. They had to cooperate with God's plan to spoil the Egyptian. Hallelujah. Let's just take a minute and lift our hands inside that vehicle. And let's lift our voices and give God the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. What does this have to do with Easter? Hang on, I'm getting there. And so, the nation of Israel cooperated with God, and they recognized God is doing something very unique right now. God is doing something very special right now. The people that cooperated with God under the voice of Moses were able to spoil their neighbors of gold, of silver, of fine materials, precious things. They even brought their kids along. They said, hey, you see anything in this house you want? Yeah, okay, you want that? Yeah, he wants, yeah, he wants that necklace that's on your neck. Yeah, he wants that. Thank you. And you know what? We'll take that. We'll take this. We'll take that. We'll take this. And God had moved on the Egyptians that there was no resistance. They just said, yep, you can have that. Oh, you poor darlings. Yes, you can have that. Whatever you want. You can have this. You can have that. It was a special divinely appointed moment. And so the people that cooperated with this special moment that had never happened before, they were the ones that volunteered the same gold and silver and fine materials when they got into the wilderness through a willing spirit to build the house of God. This is important because this represents the first generation of wealth in the history of the nation of Israel. The people, when Moses saw that the pile of gold and silver was huge, he said, tell the people to stop. We've got enough. We've got enough. Every bit of gold and silver and fine material that was left over in their possession became their own. And that became the first generation of wealth in the history of the nation of Israel. But there's some people that would not be involved in this special moment. They were the people that said, I cannot overcome my bitterness I cannot overcome my resentment towards the Egyptians. I cannot overcome my horrible feelings against the world that I'm in. And they sat at home while other people were ransacking the Egyptians' homes. But realize that that also represented the very first generation of the poor and the downtrodden 
of the nation of Israel when they escaped Egyptian territory. Church, what are you trying to preach, Pastor? I'm telling you that God is going to create a special moment and a special hour that backsliders can come home, that people on the job will come in. It's time to spoil this world. It's time to bring people into this. It's time to recognize that our departure is at hand, and it's time for a move of God. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody lift your voice. Somebody give him praise. so the death angel moves over. A great cry is in Egypt. God withdraws his hand from Egypt, and now they are in suffering and agony. And it's time for the exodus. So what does that have to do with the resurrection? Jesus, recognizing that his ministry on earth was coming to a close, recognize that the time of the Passover is at hand, and we call it the Last Supper. But around the table of the Last Supper, they celebrated the Passover. And Jesus broke the unleavened. Jesus said, take the wine and drink, for it is the shed blood for a New Testament. The blood is there. The unleavened bread is there. The blood is there. The lamb is there without spot. And several days after that, you know the story. He, they hung him on a cross. And he was hung on the cross and shed his blood for all of humanity. And now it's not a blood for a family. Now it's not a lamb for a family. Now it's not a lamb for a nation. Now it's a lamb for a world. Let's clap our hands and let's lift our voices and let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so he died. They put the lamb in a tomb and they rolled the stone over the mouth of this tomb. What happened to Jesus? While he was in that tomb, did he stay in the tomb? Somehow, did his body receive an angelic visitation while in the tomb? No. The Bible is complete with a description of what happened to Jesus. Because the Bible tells me in 1 Peter chapter number 3, For Jesus Christ has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened in the spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits that were in prison. When they put Jesus in the tomb, Jesus didn't stay in that tomb. Jesus went into hell. He went into Sheol. He went down to Gehenna. 
And when he got down there, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Oh, somebody needs to lift their voice. Somebody needs to clap their hands. That Jesus Christ was not just somebody that stayed in a borrowed tomb and rose from the dead. But he was at work in the spirit. He was at work in prophecy. He was at work in typology. He was at work in reality. That he went into a devil's hell and said, your party is over. Your day is over. And he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto man. Clap your hands and give him praise. Colossians chapter number 2 explains it this way. Jesus Christ blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us and contrary to us. Nailing it to his cross. Having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly. Triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah, the nation of Israel spoiled the Egyptians, but Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. The devil says you did this. The devil said you did that. You say, no, 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 no. I'm going to overcome by the power of the blood and the word of my testimony. Devil, your lives have been spoiled. Devil, your accusations have been spoiled. Devil, your plan has been spoiled. Clap your hands and give a shout unto God. Ephesians says it this way, he that descended is the same also that ascended. What is that talking about? When Jesus was placed in the tomb, he descended into the uttermost parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Now he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended first? into the lower parts of the earth, Ephesians 4 and 9. But listen to this. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. God's got a gift for the church today. Yes, I know there's a virus going on. Yes, I know that the finances are up and down. Yes, I know there's uncertainty in the world. But God is in control. And God has spoiled the Egyptians. And God has spoiled hell. And God's got a plan. And he's ready to give gifts and power. Somebody praise him. He gave gifts. He spoiled hell. He spoiled Sheol. He spoiled Gehenna. He spoiled the enemy's plan to keep you hurting and wounded and separated from the love of God. His plan has been spoiled by the power of the resurrection because when Jesus was standing outside that tomb, he wasn't just standing outside of a residence or a hotel room that he had had for the last three days. He understand, I've been working. I've not been in that little tomb. I've been working. I've been shutting the mouth of lions. I've been stopping your accuser. I've been putting distance between you and the enemy of your soul. 
Oh, let's clap our hands. Let's lift our hands. Let's give him praise. He's a risen Savior. He ever liveth to make intercession. He's praying for us today. Come on, get up. Come on, I've got a blessing for you. Come on, I've got a gift for you. Come on, I've got something to put into your heart. I've got something to put into your spirit. I've got something to do in your family. I've got something to do in every single life. And he gave gifts unto men. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for the opportunity to still live in a free nation. To be able to see all of my brothers and sisters today. Feel your spirit. Hear your word. Hear the worship. Feel the demonstration of your spirit as we exalt the name of Jesus. God, I pray by the authority of the name of Jesus that from now until our departure, I pray for an open door in which you put your hands in this nation. You put your hands in our community. You put your hands upon my family, my friends, coworkers, people that don't know God, people that don't know situations. God, we're ready to operate with the Holy Ghost. We're, operate, we're ready to spoil hell. We're ready to spoil the Egyptians. We're ready to spoil this thing in the power of the name of Jesus with the spirit of truth. God, if you'll open up a door of utterance. God, if you'll open up a great ineffectual door. Cornerstone and beyond stands ready to walk through it. One more time, maybe you're visiting with us here today. Maybe you need a renewing of the touch of God in your life. Maybe you want to receive the things of God tonight. Let's just lift our hands inside our vehicles and let's talk to Jesus. He's there. 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 God, open a door for my worldly family, my earthly family to hear truth, to receive truth. God, touch their hearts. God, touch their minds. God touched their spirit. It's time for a spoiling. It's time for a harvest. It's time for revival. It's time to continue the typology and the prophecy of the work of an almighty God. Come on, let's praise him again. Praise God. Praise God. Every opportunity that God gives to us as a people. You know, people that are opportunists make their own opportunities. If you're just sitting around one day, you know, it's a long time since I've talked to so-and-so. It's a long time since I've visited with so-and-so. The world is not going anywhere. Somebody, if, if they pick up the telephone and say, I'm busy, I got things to do, <clears throat> I question that. Yeah, where are you going? Yeah, who else is there? This is a great opportunity for us to make that phone call, send that email, send that text message, communicate with somebody. Give God something to work with. If this virus has done nothing else, this virus has disrupted our lives, our way of worship, for us to understand that that Bible right there is true. 
And everything that's in that Bible is going to come to pass. And this is a wake-up call to the church of the living God that we're not here to condemn anybody. We're not here to be judgmental. We're not here to be ugly. We're not here to be small-minded. We're here to expand our thinking. We're here to expand and enlarge our borders of the capacity to have a burden and have desire to see everybody saved. Let's clap our hands and give him praise one last time. Come on, somebody, lift your voice. Come on, somebody, give him praise. Come on, somebody, give him the glory. It's great to see everybody today. I love you. Sister Mayo loves you. We're praying for each and every one of you. But I want to tell you, Cornerstone, our greatest days are just ahead. Let's give him the praise. Somebody just go ahead and shout. Somebody just go ahead and give him the praise right now. God bless each and every one of you. The ushers are going to direct us out. And uh, it'll be line by line so that there's no confusion. Once again, there'll be an usher on the left side of your vehicle. And there'll be an Easter basket on the right side. I look forward to seeing you all soon. You can communicate with me anytime. I got time for you. Love you. May God bless your household. May God protect your household. And may God give you open doors and open windows to spoil this world before we get out of here. God bless you.